everyone. Welcome to the Autumn Mystics podcast. I'm Elle, and I'm an astrologer. And I'm Kate, and I'm a tarot reader. This podcast is meant for anyone interested in tarot, astrology, and witchcraft, no matter where they are in their practice. We started our business to share our knowledge and connect with other witchy people. We hope to support you on your unique path. And help you discover your authentic self. We're glad you're here with us today. Let's get started on our main topic. Well, do you want to move on and talk about the tarot topic we have for today? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay, so I've talked a bit about... um, kind of the the purpose of tarot and the history of it. I wanted to talk about it in more of a practical sense because, you know, most people who want to learn about tarot don't want to learn about it for funsies. It's not just like for the history of the thing. It's actually to to be used as a practice. So, um yeah, I figured I'd describe it a little more in that direction today. Yeah, which I think will definitely be really useful for people, especially people who are just setting up a tarot practice or just getting started with it. But hopefully there will be something here that anybody could use that maybe you just haven't heard before. You haven't heard it said like in that particular way. Yeah. So um, as I talked about in the uh, first kind of introduction bit that I did, in my opinion, the purpose of tarot is not to tell you exactly what your future is going to be like it's more of a here's here's how things are going right now and kind of the direction they're headed reveal things to you that are happening right now that might not be super clear to you um reveal a little bit of your own reasoning to you that might be a little confusing it's more to be used as a reference than a rule book or a map forward if that makes sense sorry it's just some information that might be helpful to you yeah <laughs> vague revealing of things um so given that when there is something for you personally that you want to learn about one of the things that a lot of people say when you're first starting out is don't do readings for yourself and that's completely yes <laughs> while I agree if there's something that you're really struggling on, like a really deep relationship issue that you're that you genuinely are unsure about, or uh, uh, like these two career choices that like just really like there's no you're at such an impasse, then yes, I would suggest finding somebody else to read for you um, because all of this is like running through your head, right? all of the descriptions of the cards are still coming out of your brain. So if there's something big that you're really struggling with, yeah, it's always a good idea to get somebody else's opinion on it. But when you first start doing tarot, you're going to be too nervous to do it for anybody else. And honestly, doing it for yourself really, really helps you memorize what the cards mean and what they mean to you and how you connect with the cards I think it's incredibly useful. Um, Just try not to throw massive what's my life's purpose sort of questions at them. My apologies, someone's dying on my seat. 
Oh, hopefully not dying. But some... hopefully not dying. Yes, that's what the ambulance is for, isn't it? <laughs> um, um, yeah, I heard something like that when I first started doing tarot too. One thing that I heard was that it's best not to ask like the same question repeatedly in a short amount yeah. of time too. So it's like mm-hmm. if you are really if you have a career thing that's going on and you really need uh, advice on it and you do a reading for yourself and it's not clear, well, don't ask the same question again, like, right, you know, the next day or the next week or whatever, because it's just going to get more confusing. Um, and I do think at that point you would want somebody else. You, you don't even have to go to tarot to get advice about stuff like that. You absolutely but- can, but it's not a requirement. Yeah, I I definitely agree with the cuz the the more it's like asking a magic eight ball a question at that point, right? Like if you're going to ask it, uh, is Jimmy going to ask me to the dance? Shake shake shake. And it says no. If you ask that question four more times, you're going to get a yes eventually, you know? Mm-hmm. Um but I do 100% think that you should read for yourself, especially in the beginning. Once you get a little more confident i highly suggest reading for other people uh, specifically like start out with friends and family if that makes you more comfortable and then moving on to strangers what i personally do when i'm reading for other people is i let them know that they do not have to tell me anything about the situation that they want me to read about one i think it fosters a lot of trust because you know um, one of the big things that's said about tarot readers is that they're scamming you and they just want your money, right? Mm-hmm. So real easy for me to spin some story if you directly come up to me and say, I want to know uh, if my pregnancy is going to go well. It's real easy for me to spin the cards in a way that either won't upset them or isn't as extreme. Whereas if I don't know, then I don't know. Yeah, I liked that when you read for me, because that's what just like broke my brain and like opened my mind, I guess, to these like all these different ways of thinking was you I didn't tell you anything about what the question I asked was. And the reading was still super accurate. Yeah, if if the cards want to answer your question, they're going to. And I all I have to do is tell you tell the other person what those cards mean. And they will understand. The whole point is the person that is being read for. It's their problem. It's their understanding that matters. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So um, me painting in my relationship advice into your bullshit isn't helpful always. Of course, sometimes it's going to be because, you know. You know. Um, But a lot of times it's not. And it's much, I think it's much more beneficial to foster that trust of like, look, you don't have to tell me anything. I'm a complete stranger. You don't have to spill your secrets to me. I'm just going to tell you what the cards say. And if you need clarification, let me know. And I'll, and I'll try to clarify some things for you. So when I'm going into a reading with anybody, I basically sit down, give them a little spiel about this is not predicting your future. This is just opening a window to it. Um, and the, you don't have to tell me anything if you don't want to, uh, bit. 
And then I will ask them to choose which tarot deck calls to them, which one they think they should do a reading with. And then I will, I will have them shuffle the cards. To me, I don't think there really is a right or a wrong way to shuffle. In my opinion, you do, you do need to shuffle them, though. Because, um, well, okay, the shuffling has a purpose. Right? The, the point of shuffling the cards is to put all of the cards where they're meant to be. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read my notes now because I was actually pretty funny and sassy when I wrote these. Um, <laughs> I said, no one leaves a piece of jade in their pocket and expects cash to magically appear. We have to work within the rules of the universe. Um, so basically what I meant by that is like carrying a crystal around can attract things to you, but you still have to make them happen, right? So if you want to attract money, one of the things that they tell you to do is carry jade in your pocket. Um, but that, but like, like it says here, that does not mean cash is going to bloop itself out of this rock. Not how it goes. The opportunities then start to appear for the money to happen. Yeah, I, I really think, you know, and if this isn't how other people think about it, then that's totally their prerogative. But the concept that we live in a free will universe, I think is really central to both of the ways that you and I practice like these spiritual things is that this might help you. This could tell you something useful, but you absolutely have the free will to do whatever you want to do with that information. Yeah. So basically shuffling is you giving the cards, the opportunity to put themselves where they need to be. Now um, what I tell people is I say, okay, shuffle however you want until you feel like you are done. There are some people who are like, ooh, no, no, you can't shuffle traditionally. Like, you know, the, what do you call that? The way that you do it with the playing cards. Yeah, where you, like, shuffle them two stacks together and then do the bridge. Yeah, the riffle and the bridge thing. Yeah, that. Um, if there are, some, there are plenty of people who don't want you to do that. And that's fair. It does bend the cards a little bit. Um, but there are plenty of people who do it that way. I don't personally care. There are some people who think you need to compile everything into one pile and deal off the top. There are some that do the, I'm sure you've seen it on TikTok or YouTube or whatever, the people who shuffle until cards fall out. And those are the cards that they use. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's nothing There's nothing wrong with like letting things fall out. Because I, I actually personally have started using that as part of my practice, but my personal one. Because one of the things I have trouble with is knowing when the cards are done shuffling when I'm doing it for me. So instead, if I'm just waiting for something to fall out, I I am more confident that I'm doing it, quote unquote, correctly. (laughs) Well, and that makes sense, too. Like that if you are at a place where you want to be reading for other people, you don't have to do your personal readings and readings for other people in the same way with the same deck with the same shuffling like you can keep them totally separate if you want they can be exactly the same there's a lot of freedom with how you want to do oh yeah 100 percent. there there are two decks in particular that i use just for myself i do not use them for any of my public readings one because it is so complicated and i'm still learning it um that (laughs) that i just am not comfortable reading off the cuff yet 
Um, and the other, just because I have a really personal connection with that deck. And it does feel weird putting it in someone else's hands. But I have three other decks that are very open to the public. <laughs> when people are unsure how to shuffle these cards. Because, again, all of my decks, except all of the decks that I use publicly, uh, they are traditionally sized tarot decks, which means that they are large. <laughs> they fit in the hands very awkwardly. Um, they're not like small like playing cards. They're longer and wider. They're more like index cards. Yes. It's like shuffling index cards. So it's not impossible, but it is difficult. And so when people are, are kind of struggling a little bit, I'm like, hey, look, if you want to shuffle like kid and just put them on the table and smush them around until it feels right, go for it. <laughs> you, it will not offend me, I promise. I personally prefer what I call the waterfall method. I don't know if that's what it's called most places. Um, but basically it's where you hold the deck in one hand and with the other hand just move the back part of the deck to the front and just do that over and over again um, until something falls out or until you feel like you're finished and then you deal from the top. Um, I know a couple of people who specifically like to deal from the bottom because they say that that's the outward-facing card, so that should be the first card that's shown. I will say there are a couple of things that are a little frowned upon in the community. There's nothing inherently wrong with them, but there are a couple of little things. Um, when I said uh, the traditionally shuffling idea, the, the riffle and the bridge thing, the bending of the cards... Um, please ask permission of the person who owns the deck if you're going to do that. It's just polite. <laughs> I don't personally mind because I bend those cards all the time. But some people care. So if that's going to be a thing that you want to do, ask permission first. That's just nice. It's kind of like <clears throat> dog-earing book pages is what it feels like to me. Where it's like some people don't care at all and some people are like, never do that to my book. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> very very similar vibe or whether or not you crack the spine mm -hmm. yeah yes if if you're around anyone who loves to read people have similar feelings very strong feelings towards their books as they do to their tarot decks <laughs> <laughs> very true okay the other faux pas i have written down is allowing someone else is allowing the person who is being read for to choose the cards face up i have I have very rarely run into this. Some people some people have said that they feel like um, allowing someone to choose cards that look like they have the right energy is helpful. It's not it's not obvious what the specific meaning is, but the general meaning is kind of in there in the photo, if that makes sense, right? Like the sun card is supposed to be all about happiness and positivity and good vibes. And it's... Like yellow. Yeah, it's yellow and the sun is there and it's happy. Usually there's a kid on the front that's being all like happy and enjoying life. So if that's something that you want to get out of the reading, I feel like, of course, people, are gravi people will gravitate towards that a little bit when that's not necessarily what they need to hear. Um, but again... You're reading your choice, right? Like, uh, I I feel like it allows that person's bias a little too much into the reading, personally. But 
if if you feel like that will help in the moment let it go who's gonna who's gonna tell you you're wrong it's not gonna be me (laughs) um yeah do you have any other like fancy forms of shuffling you use I think I covered them all but I so I like to do the the waterfall one like you said but I'll I'll have the deck and I'll take some from the back and put them to the front I'll take some from the middle and put them to the back and like just shuffle them all like that in like small little chunks mm-hmm. um, and then one thing I've taken to recently is essentially doing the whole shuffle but without bending the cards and I don't do the bridge so I like just let them fold together from two piles I, I kind of just let them fall which has been fun I like that way too yeah, so, like, again, a <laughs> million and a half ways to think about it. Um, I will say this. When when you are doing a reading, there are usually, and again, not all decks are like this, but usually there is an upright meaning to the card and a reverse meaning to the card. If it comes up upside down, it means something else. If you are a person that does use reversed meanings, changing up your method of shuffling is a good idea um, because for a long time I did not use reverse meanings at all and I shuffled waterfall method right so they were always upright because I never changed that mm-hmm. then when I did start wanting to do reverse meanings I started basically before I did that I would turn one half of the deck upside down and shuffle for a minute and then do that again so that there's a healthy mix of reverse meanings in there. Mm-hmm. And it, because like I said, again, like we are just putting the cards where they're supposed to be, right? So if they don't have an opportunity to be upside down, they're not going to be upside down. <laughs> um, I did not read reversals at all until very recently. And so if you don't reverse the cards, then you'll never get a reversal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that one thing that would be helpful for people to hear is that advice that you gave me for when you get a brand new deck, how to like mix it up so that you're not pulling like the four, five, six uh, of pentacles because they were all right next to each other when the deck was printed. I give you advice for that? Yes. I mean, I remember it. I can talk about it. I, it was your advice. So okay. I thought you might. Uh, you say it real quick because it's not in my brain. <laughs> you, you told me to put like to, to have like five, six, seven, however many piles I want. And to lay out the cards randomly between those piles and do that multiple times before starting to use the deck. And I (laughs) found that it works very well. I actually stole that. Um, (laughs) um, (laughs) Not intentionally, though. Uh, I there was someone that I used to read for a long time ago um, and he liked to deal every single card out into multiple separate piles and then riffle shuffle those piles together until they ended up back in one pile again. He mm-hmm. loved doing that. And that was his <laughs> thing. And I just knew every time I sat down that it was going to take a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so every time I've gotten a new deck since then, though, um, it is very helpful because it ends up putting in a roughly equal number of each suit in each pile and you can distribute the major arcana between them and it, it gives you a relatively good um 
distribution. Dis- that, yep, that's a good word, distribution. <laughs> it gives you a really nice distribution of the cards across the deck. And so what I would do is I would I'd deal them all out like that and then riffle shuffle them together as he would. And then if things still didn't quite seem random enough, I would just do it. Do it usually just twice is enough um, from, from when I've done it. Yeah, and I would say the the less number of piles you do, the more times you would want to do it. So if you yeah. only want four piles, that's fine. Maybe do it four times. Mm-hmm. I have found that we're, we're, what works best for me is the eight piles. That mm-hmm. tends to be a good distribution. I think I did six the last time I got a new deck, and I, but I did it three times instead of two times. Cool. Okay, so you have shown however you choose to. Now... You need to lay the cards out. So, there are a couple of methods. Of course, you can do the shuffle until something falls out and just read those in order and it tells a story. I was always scared of doing that when I first started because I didn't know the the meanings very well. And so just being able to read through the flow of them off the cuff was difficult for me. But now that I know that and I do that on a semi-regular basis... That's primarily how I read for myself. I don't really use layouts specifically anymore. At least not for myself. Basically, if you are going to deal out cards into what is called a layout, a layout is basically just an arrangement of cards uh, that contains a specific meaning. The purpose of any particular layout is to give more specific information about a particular situation. Like, I have a particular spread that's called the love triangle which is this big, fancy, star-shaped pattern with 13 cards in it. It's a lot. But if you want to know what your relationship is with two other people, it's a really great spread for that. It gets very specific and really down into the details, which is great. If you don't want that, don't use it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you can do... There's really complicated ones like that one. Mm -hmm. The Celtic Cross one has a lot of cards too, right? 10 cards, yeah. Yeah, but then there's also, like, the most basic spread or whatever I would say is, like, the past, present, future one, Mm -hmm. which is three cards. Yeah, it's literally just the past that has influenced the situation, where things are right now, and where things are going, Uh, which is very general, and I find that a lot of times people want more specifics in that way, but if that's all you want, then that's all you want, right? There's no need to make it complicated there's no need to do this massive overwhelming reading because anything over about five or six cards tends to get a little overwhelming when you're first starting out at least it was for me um me too absolutely (laughs) but you don't need to use layouts if you don't want to if you just want to like shuffle for a minute and be like what's the advice that i need to know at this situation like we do at the end of these shows and pull a card and just have that one card be the thing that you embody for the next couple of days, then that's all you got to do. Nothing wrong with that. I know plenty of people who have never used a layout in their life. I know plenty of people who insist that layouts are the only ways to do things. I would say, too, if you don't mind me jumping in. No, no, go ahead. If you're going to do a daily card pull, which a lot of people really like to do, Mm -hmm. uh, it is, I think, helpful to do just one you can do any amount that you want, but if it's just a one card for this one day, I think that's a lot easier to handle and it's quicker to do as well mm-hmm. at getting ready for your day and stuff or as you're going to bed at night or whatever. 
it's a lot simpler to just pull one card than to try and do a whole spread every day. Yeah, definitely. In fact, uh, when I have larger spreads, I have very particular days when I do them and I, I don't do them at any other time because it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think we've talked about my New Year's reading. I think we did, yeah. It's got 30 cards in it. <laughs> and I do it once a year, but I do it with all five of my decks because I'm a masochist. And <laughs> um, it it gives me really good advice all throughout the year. I check it every single month. But I wouldn't do that even – I wouldn't even do it twice or three times a year. It's just – it's a lot of cards. It, it, it knocks the wind out of me, really. Like, I, it, I need a nap after <laughs> I do that kind of thing. It's a lot. Well, um, so many cards is because 24 of them are for the months. Yeah. It wouldn't make sense to do it multiple times a year anyway, because it's specifically set up to be telling you the months going forward, what advice you might need for them. Yeah. Now, as far as where to find layouts, Google. There's so many on Google. There are so many. There are so many all over the place. And this is not... This is not the kind of practice where... Where I think that there is a good place to get information and a bad place to get information. Um, For example, if you're going to talk about, like, herbalism or something like that, there are definitely definitely certain accounts and books that I would tell you to stay away from um, because either the information is just bad, like, like wrong, <laughs> or, mm-hmm. um, or potentially dangerous, right? Because if you're, if you're having these herbs that you consume, if you cook some of these things incorrectly, you can actually hurt yourself. But for tarot, there's not that. It is such a personal practice that they're they're really again there isn't a wrong way to do things again the the cards have general meanings like again the 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 sun it's really 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 hard to interpret that as a negative card because it is it has such positive energy but there are situations in which that would happen so the general meanings of the cards tend to not change if you're using a Rider Waite Smith deck or a deck that is based on the Rider Waite Smith. But there's really nothing that you can do wrong with it, in my opinion. So because of that, where you get layouts from doesn't particularly matter. Um, I will say. Uh, if you weave numerology into it, it's it can be helpful. But that's a whole other topic that I'm sure I will get to eventually I on this podcast. I will probably do a whole episode on that because I also have some stuff to say about that, like designing your own spreads. And you can use numerology to do that. And that's we would talk for like 30 more minutes about that. So I think we'll just have to skip over it for today. <laughs> yeah, and you can, you can definitely create your own layouts. Um, I have done that. I do. I do it very rarely. I try not to do it very often um, because there are so many that are out there. Why reinvent the wheel, right? Um, my New Year's 30 card reading is technically created by me, but it's a very 
very simple construction and it's actually a merger of two readings that I already do. Anyway. Um, <laughs> well, that might be something we can like make eventually. We're literally just talking about this for the first time, but that might be something that we can make as like a spread that people can download from the website in the future. Cause you've designed that one. And I designed one that is much simpler. It was just four cards, mm-hmm. but those um, like, we like using them. We definitely both use the ones that we designed. Yeah. And I, I've designed a six card and a five card that can be used for just about anything. They're very general, which is why I like them. And I've created a couple that are very specific. Um, like that love triangle one that actually, <laughs> that is a modified version of something that I originally was using. But yeah, there, there are so many, um, when you're starting out, there's zero reason, zero reason to create your own because there are just so many. Yeah. Um, Pinterest. Oh, um, go ahead. I was saying Pinterest is a good place to look. There's oh, yeah. a side of Pinterest, you know, where there's a lot of spreads and, and different witchy information. And usually that's linked out to people's websites and stuff. And it's perfectly fine to, to learn things on there. Yeah, definitely. Or like, um, I modify most layouts that I use. Mostly because the layout itself confuses me. Uh, for example, uh, have you done have you done anything with the Celtic cross? No, I really want to, but I never have yet. Well, never have so far. There we go. <laughs> not not yet. not that I will, but I I have not. <laughs> okay, so I'm actually gonna pull it up real quick so I just have it in my face while I'm doing this. Yeah. Okay, so. Basically, the Celtic cross is a cross on the left, six cards that create a cross on the left, and four cards on the right in a straight line, going vertically. There is a particular way that this layout is used that didn't make sense to me. So, center of the cross is the situation, the thing crossing that is the obstacle, which makes sense to me. But usually there is, there's the card above that and the card below that, which are supposed to be the conscious influence of the situation and the unconscious influence of the situation. And usually unconscious is on top, and I don't like that. Because <laughs> to me, unconscious is below the surface, right? So it would be underneath. Mm-hmm. So I changed it. That's how I do it. Am I technically doing it wrong? Sure. <laughs> Does anybody care? Probably not. And if they do, they can oh. go fuck themselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so really, like, if something just doesn't make, or like, there's another particular reading where it's literally just three cards, and it's like one, two, three, straight across. And yeah, one of them that I have is is supposed to be a relationship spread. So it's you in the relationship, them in the relationship, and how the the dynamics within the relationship. I don't like that, because I feel like it should be you, the dynamics in the middle, and then them. Just because that makes the most sense to me. Right. Yeah. And because it is me doing the reading, I'm allowed to do whatever I want. <laughs> um, if it makes more sense to you, backwards. Do it backwards. If it makes more sense to you, sideways. 
uh, <laughs> oh, what's that quote from Whose Line Is It Anyway? Everything's made up and the points don't matter. No one cares. <laughs> oh my gosh, I hope I hope people listen to this that know what we're talking about with that. Oh, I really hope so. <laughs> that would be sad if it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like, there, there, there are shapes of spreads that I have changed because the shape didn't make sense to me. Uh, for example, there's one that I have in here that is the uh, Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. It's based on that, which is a psychology idea. That's not the word I'm looking for. Yeah, it's like a theory, I guess, psychology, which was actually, sidebar, like, co-opted from indigenous people. He, like, stole it from them. I know, right? It's wild. <laughs> yeah. The number of things that we stole from people who were way smarter than us. Um... But yeah, so it's so Maslow's hierarchy of needs is basically like if uh, your physical needs to be needs need to be met first before you can appreciate the needs of the next higher level. So if you if you are hungry, you cannot really appreciate the fact that you have a home, which also kind of a screwy way of thinking. But leaving that aside, this spread is supposed to be based on that. The shape of the spread is an upside down V. And so you go one, two, three, four, five, going up and then down a pyramid shape, essentially. Um, which confuses the crap out of me because it's a hierarchy, right? So you're supposed to be going up the pyramid. You're supposed to be moving higher. So I changed the shape of that one. Don't, don't let anybody tell you that you're doing it wrong because you can't. Yeah, normally, uh, so I, <laughs> I teach this class live, like in person. I've done this class in person a couple of times. And normally at this point, I would demonstrate a actual reading so that everybody could understand. But I can't do that. So yeah, I I'm, I'm feel like I should use this one today. So I'm going to use this one today. Isn't, is it a tarot deck or an oracle deck? I thought it was a tarot deck. It is an oracle deck the same artiste <laughs> made a tarot deck as well. Mm-hmm. But this one in particular is an oracle deck. Why is it an oracle deck? Because it doesn't use the traditional cards. It's literally just animals. Which is part of why I like Okay. Um, well, that one just came straight out. So it's this guy. <laughs> yes, that one. Yeah. It's a lizard! Ooh, Okay. You'll have to read. I don't use this deck, so you'll have to read it for my benefit. What the, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's divided into five elements, earth, air, fire, water, and spirit, as, it, as, as you do. As you would expect. Um, yeah. And the animals are divided up based upon where they live. So earth is all like forest and plains creatures. Uh, air is all flying things. Water is all swimming things. Fire is all desert things. Mm -hmm. Um, And then spirit is shit that don't exist. Like unicorns and stuff. Oh, oh, that's so fun. Like mythological creatures. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, I love. I like it too. It's pretty neat. So the lizard is a fire creature. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the fire, fire in this deck is all about transformation. So if we scroll to lizard... Okay, so the way that each of these cards... I I could do a whole ass episode on this deck. I love this deck. 
there is uh, one way that a lizard will act if it's in balance, another way it will act if it is out of balance, and suggestions for things to do in order to put it back into balance. Okay. Which I think is super cool. And this is, again, another reason that I only use this for myself is because it is a little more complicated. But I love this thing, man. Uh, so, in balance, the lizard is artistic, telepathic, and spiritual. Mm-hmm. Out of balance, it is elusive, non-committal, and flaky. Mm-hmm. Um, and in order to move from being out of balance into balance, so out of flakiness and elusiveness and into this like artistic, spiritual kind of way, it suggests that you do a creative project. So how do you think that applies to this? So my interpretation of that would be if if you are doing tarot, quote unquote, correctly, you are tapping into this artistic storyteller energy. Energy, sure. Yeah, that's that's energy is a good word. Energy is always a good word. But yeah, you're it's not purely a spiritual practice. It is also a physical practical one. And it does feel <laughs> Uh, one of my favorite phrases, woo-woo shit. Um, it does feel very much like woo-woo shit when you first start doing it. You're like, it's like, it's like when people tell you to meditate out loud and it's like, I'm just talking to myself. What am I doing? Mm-hmm. Um, it feels kind of dumb for a minute being like, this is literally just a playing card and I'm just telling it to mean something. And yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what you're doing. <laughs> I would argue that that's what we always do though. That that's yeah. just human and I think that there's nothing wrong with like leaning into your creativity and your intuition and all of that stuff to make meaning out of your life in fact I would highly recommend it you know it's so it's difficult to feel fulfilled without any sort of creativity in your life yeah and I really think that that applies to pretty much everybody in my opinion because creativity doesn't have to be limited to making an art project or a craft or whatever. there's all different kinds of ways that you can be creative a lot of people are really good um like creative problem solvers mm-hmm. they'll find a lot of success in a more traditional job because they will be able to solve the problems that come up in a creative way yeah and there is in in my opinion that this is one of the one of the more creative practices when it comes to magic right because because like i've been saying this whole freaking time there are very few rules mm-hmm. you can just do what feels right and what makes the most sense to you and what allows you to tell the best story so Yeah, so if you're out of balance with that, right? Like, it's really difficult to feel like you can nail something down. You're going to feel a little more flaky, and you're not going to want to commit to, well, yes, this is what this card means in this situation, because you don't trust yourself. Oh, that's a really good point. You're not willing to, like, no, like, honestly, this is what I think this means. Now, mind you, I would also always suggest that you think about what if it means something else what if it means the complete opposite 
um, often I have found uh, when I, I write down my readings, I type them, but you know, same difference. Um, and I type out each individual card meaning and then a little short paragraph, three to five sentences. Oh, is that actually a paragraph? Yeah, it is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a little short paragraph about um, what what I think it means in that context. And usually when I'm halfway through saying, okay, it could either mean this or it could mean this. Halfway through that paragraph, I go, nope, I know which one it is. Mm-hmm. Even even if it's the one that makes less sense. If but, but usually while I am writing, I'll be like, no, actually, this is the one that makes sense. And that's the one I'm going with. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the benefits of reading for yourself is that you know exactly what's going on in your life both externally and internally Mm -hmm. so there's like more threads for you to grab onto (laughs) yeah definitely which is like something I really like I mostly just read for myself sometimes I'll read for Ricky if he has a question or whatever but like in general I just read for myself and you don't ever have to read for other people to be a tarot reader agreed so yes so yeah treat i i think what the lizard it's adorable it's a little rainbow lizard um i wish you could see it (laughs) uh this little lizard is saying is basically this is a creative pursuit and there is no there is no wrong answer to what is art yes i very much agree with that so don't sell yourself short. This is such a purely purely you thing. Let it happen. Oh, that's cute. One of the other quotes I have in here is uh, to tap into one's inner artist. Yeah, and I think most everybody has an inner artist, you know? May- uh, maybe there's somebody out there that feels like, no, I just don't. I've tried. It's not my thing. But even then, I feel like you can always go back and be like, well, what did I like doing when I was a kid? And like, there will probably be some kind of creative thing you liked doing, even if it wasn't painting necessarily, you know, you don't have to be an artist or, or any specific discipline. Yeah, I think we ended up and this might be (laughs) me ranting about the modern school system again. Um, But I feel like we were so heavily taught that being creative is only a music and or art thing mm-hmm. that like you forget that acting is an art. Mm-hmm. Writing is an art, like writing poetry, writing books, all of that is an art, even though it doesn't look artistic to look at it. It's still art. Yeah. Telling a story is an art, even if, even if you're not the one who wrote the story. Kate is offering year-ahead tarot readings for 2024 for the first two weeks of January. If you're interested in that, please book a reading on our website. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening all the way to the end. If you find this podcast valuable, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and review. This helps new listeners find the podcast. You can always connect with us on our website at autumnmystics.com. We also have Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. If you have any feedback or a particular topic you'd like us to talk about, please email us. All of our contact information is in the show notes. Our email 
our phone number, everything. Yeah, and if you do connect with us on social media, our only handle on every platform is at AutumnMystics95. Any other variation is not us. We'll never DM you soliciting any of our services. The only way to book a reading with us is through our website. If you're interested in a reading, Kate offers tarot and numerology readings, and I offer astrology readings. Any products or services that we talk about on this show are not sponsorships. However, we will not recommend anything that we've never tried. And, um, I mean, if we recommend it, we recommend it. We just don't make any money from that. Yeah, so until next time. Stay witchy.